Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and uh, today we've got a great interview for you. I'm speaking with a true marketing Jedi, and I hope by the end of the interview, he's going to tell me how I can get that title too, because it's awesome. Uh, I'm talking with Bert Martinez. Uh, He helps companies like Google and CBS, as well as over 1,000 small businesses, discover their marketing problems that have stalled their growth, and he helps them uncover lost and hidden opportunities that could be worth millions. His latest book, Dominating Your Mind, is showing everyday people how to crush their fears, destroy their doubts, so that they can be unstoppable, and that's a word that we love to use around here. So, Bert, welcome to The Unstoppable CEO. Steve, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. I I hope at some point here you teach me how to be a Jedi because I think that's just awesome. Um, I love that title. So uh, just give us a little picture of uh, of kind of the journey you've been on. What got you to the stage of your career? Absolutely. So uh, I started my, quote, marketing career when I was about, I want to say, 16 or 17. And this was back in the day. Uh, in Houston, Texas, um, it was with a health club uh, that eventually got out by got bought out by Bally's. But uh, marketing uh, started with me back then, and so as a sales rep for this company, we would put out these things called lead boxes, and people have probably seen them. And this is where you'll you're in a shop or someplace, and and you'll see register to win a free health club membership, and these lead boxes was the way that we generated our own leads. And so I did that for a few years. And I want to say when I was about 30 years old, uh, actually a bit younger, I think I was 20, 28 is the actual age, uh, came an opportunity when uh, there was a client who sold English as a second language and uh, uh, and so we employed these lead boxes again. And, and so we took these lead boxes and we put them in all these Hispanic neighborhoods and shops. And we blew out some huge numbers. And as a consequence of, of the numbers that we were able to generate, Steve, I like to tell people I was able to retire right as I turned 28. So I started when I was 27. And this was one one of my first big hits and just made a tremendous, um, we had a tremendous success with this company and I was able to walk away from my corporate job. And ever since then, I, I've continued to hone in my marketing skills and, and I believe that everything in at least in the entrepreneurial world, really comes down to how strong or how weak your marketing is. And that's it. I love that story. So it, it, it always amazes me when I talk with other marketers and I listen to how you got, you know, how, how people got started. And, and so often there's this really simple, elegant thing that they did that, that had great success that sort of got them turned on to marketing, got them understanding marketing and, and how it works. And um, what a brilliant little strategy, you know? Um, 
And, uh, and I hope there's somebody out there who's listening to this right now who's like taking notes and saying, oh yeah, I could, I could morph that and implement it in my business. That's awesome. So you've now um, moved on from that. And, and I know you're an author, you've helped big companies, you've helped lots of small companies, you've got a podcast, you're, you know, you're really doing lots of different things. And, uh, and I know everything probably wasn't all rosy. I know you had that great early success, but I mean, we all run into these roadblocks. Uh, and I know your latest book, Dominating Your Mind, really deals with mindset and, and how to move past those. So kind of walk us through your approach to mindset, you know, and, and just staying focused on, on being persistent and, and being unstoppable. Absolutely. So here I am. I'll, I'll, I'll let you on the other side of that, of that uh, story there. So here I am, I'm 28, super successful, making tons of money. And by the time I was 29 or 30, I'm filing bankruptcy. And that was all due to mindset. And so besides marketing, mindset is the other side of that of that coin and mindset is in anything that you do whether it's entrepreneurial or health and fitness or relationships or overcoming whatever holds you back fear but you know dominating your mind explores what i had to do to get mentally ready mentally tough emotionally resilient whatever you want to call it to overcome my own shortcomings. And when it all is said and done, fear is the thing that always holds us back. And Tony Robbins said something, uh, and he says, all our fears come down to basically these two things. On some level, I'm not good enough and if i fail i won't be loved right so that's the ultimate fear that holds us back is that on some level i'm not good enough and and therefore i won't be loved and when i you know one of the great things about podcasting is that you get to meet different people and so over the years of, of doing my show uh, I've, I've had the chance uh, to build relationships with people who have really achieved tremendous levels of success and maintained it uh, or have overcome ridiculous ridiculous things uh, I have one gentleman who I interviewed gosh five years ago maybe six years ago maybe even longer and him and I became friends he was a billionaire um, had a uh, had 4,000 employees had a a uh, Gulfstream I think it was a Gulfstream 40 which is a pretty big jet and he had this awesome life and um, and he ended up losing it all because of because of a, a partner and his life is amazing and so you know I, like I said I, I became friends with him and and I got to kind of get tutored about the way he thinks and how you get to this point and you know bottom line is we as humans have this conversation in our heads 24 7 and we're always talking to ourselves 
and unfortunately, most of that conversation is not good. And that's what kills most of us. As opposed to you get somebody, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, his conversation is usually positive. This billionaire, uh, Bill Bartman was his name. He passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, his conversation was usually positive. Uh, and, and that's ultimately the difference between those people who are making, let's say, $100,000 a year versus the guy who's making 500 grand a year. The, that, that conversation in their head is just that different as opposed to the guy who's making 500 grand a year versus the guy who's making $5 million a year. Again, it's a different conversation in their head. And they've learned how to deal with fear. And it's, it's, it's that simple. It's not easy, but it is that simple. You know, I, I, can imagine that there are are people listening right now going okay yeah this is this is all great but how do i do it how yeah. do i you know if i'm in that group where you know i'm maybe i'm making low six figures but i want to get my business you know or i want to get my income to you know high six figures seven figures and and all this other stuff what are the things i need to be thinking about i mean people talk about mindset all the time but Walk us through how, how that transformation tends to play out for people. Sure. So I'll use myself as an example. Um, when I started realizing, so here I was, super successful, filing bankruptcy. I had, at that point, a couple of homes. And when I looked at what caused this, uh, I, you know, I was able to pin it down to, again, the, the conversation in my head that the, in the conversation in my head at that point was, you know, I'm awesome, uh, but it wasn't awesome from a place of, of realistic or humility. It was a place of, you know, a ego gone bad or ego gone wild. Right. And so I'm thinking I'm awesome and I can do this and I can do that. So I'm taking risks that I shouldn't have taken. And so I put myself and my family in a bad place. And so when I started reorganizing myself, I, I really wanted to start modeling people that uh, had achieved, maintained success, had achieved and maintained a relationship, had achieved and maintained health, because these are the things that were important to me. And so I started changing my conversation in my head and, and I'll give you, uh, and I and I'll give you a, uh, you know, a, a simple scenario or a simple uh, label for all this. You know, it's really call it affirmations. And somebody might be rolling their eyes and saying, "Man, I don't believe in affirmations. Or affirmations are dumb." Well, uh, you know, call it whatever you want. I I always like to, you know, I always call it a, a this conversation in our head. That's an affirmation. If you're the kind of person who's saying, man, I'm always running late, guess what? That's a conversation that's running in your head, and that's one of the reasons you're always running late. That, that has become part of your persona, and the same thing for the person who says, I never have enough money. And if you're one of those people who says, I don't have enough money, it's because your conversation in your head and your persona are trying to make that happen. As opposed to if you say something to yourself, I'm, you know, I'm a frugal, uh, I'm frugal with my money. 
uh, I love to, you know, I love to uh, earn and save my money, then, then your, your subconscious mind, your persona will start to try to match that conversation in your head. And again, it's not easy because if you've been doing negative affirmations or negative conversation for five or 10 years or 20 years or, you know, whatever, depending on how old you are, to change that may take more than a day or a week or a month. And, but it's, it's basically that simple. And so I started writing down the affirmations that I wanted to, uh, uh, embed and my world started to change. And then I ended up getting a client, um, that was, a uh, they were doing about, I think $3 million a year. And the president of the company hired me, uh, against the advice of the vice president. And the vice president was not really, first of all, he didn't think that my consulting was necessary. He didn't think that uh, I could really do any kind of change. And so they had, it just so happens to you that they had three sales team. And the vice president said, well, if Bert is any good, we'll just give him our worst sales team. And if he can work with them and, and they have some significant improvement there, then uh, we'll see what we do with them from there. And so uh, here I am, I got the worst sales team. And the first thing I did the first week I was there is we created some affirmations. And so we had, I got the sales team together and I, I explained to them how affirmations work and, and why I believed in them and, and basically persuaded them that we should try it. And so as a team, we came up, we came together with some affirmations that the team believed in that they wanted to embed, that they wanted to uh, live up to. And so within three months, the worst sales team had surpassed the second best sales team. So now we're in second place. In six months, we became the number one sales team in the company. We set, I want to say, I, I believe we set like seven or eight different sales records. We set records for how many uh, appointments were set in a week. We set appointments for, for the biggest contracts. We set appointments for uh, the most amount of revenue. Uh, you know, we set records for winning the most awards in, in one quarter. I mean, we crushed it. And it was all because of, again, a very simple device called affirmations, or you want to call it mantras, or you want to call it uh, whatever you want to call it we changed that sales team and interestingly enough i've kept in touch with that sales team they have all all have left that company to start their own business wow so anyway so that's that's basically it it's a real simple device not necessarily easy and dominating your mind uh is is uh is kind of my experience and uh uh, it's 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 a very interesting thing how our minds work and I'm constantly constantly getting to a new level uh, there I've, I've come to understand that you know there are certain ways that you think or you talk to yourself in certain areas where you are not just an expert but you do it easily and you and you're gifted about it right and everybody has these areas and that's because for whatever reason 
you just have a different conversation about that item or that subject matter and it just comes easy to you. So let's make this practical for everybody listening. So what, what would a good affirmation look like? How would you build it? Would it, would it be around um, sort of visualizing something that you want or you want to be in the future? Is it around an activity? How do you put these together when you're working with someone? So it can be, um, it can be on any subject, any event, any goal that you want to uh, achieve. And I build an affirmation uh, multiple different ways, but uh, you start in the present tense um, as opposed to saying, you know, I will lose weight or I will eat healthy. Uh, you know, a good affirmation is present tense. I I eat for health and energy. That's a, that's a different conversation. That's a different focus. It's not about losing weight. It's not about whatever. It's about eating for health and energy. Because ultimately, if you say to yourself, I want to lose weight, you know, I, I don't know if that's the most, uh, I would call it empowering type of affirmation. So for me, it's got to be present tense. And what are the real benefits that you're trying to achieve? because we can all lose weight, you know, because there's a special event coming around, or maybe we, we want to get back to uh, our slimmer selves, but ultimately it comes down to uh, changing the conversation that we're having about food, changing the conversation we're having about uh, fitness, uh, about, you know, uh, working out. So uh, I eat for health and energy is a different conversation. Um, I work out to have more energy to spend uh, to have more energy for my children might be a, a really great affirmation. Um, so let's make it more practical to our listeners today who are entrepreneurs. You know, um, might you might make an affirmation that we deliver more value than our clients expect. And so, what does that look like? How do you deliver more value? So. The great thing about affirmation, Steve, is that if you're not doing it, you cannot do it. You cannot say it and not do it because then you're going to be out of integrity. You're going to be lying to yourself. And that's different than saying it for the first time because it might feel like a lie. Like, for instance, if you've never eaten, if you've never eaten uh, for health and energy, saying that for the first time might sound, might feel a little weird. But taking the action such as, you know, maybe getting rid of the processed sugar in your house starts to fulfill and make that a real affirmation. It doesn't make you a liar. So as an entrepreneur, um, an, a good affirmation might be, I make a hundred cold calls a week. I don't care about the results. To me, that's a very empowering affirmation because we know that if we're on the phone and we're calling people a hundred times a week, something good's going to happen. That could be another affirmation right there. If I'm calling 100 people a week, something good's going to happen versus I'm going to call 100 people so I can make 10 sales. That may not be as empowering because you cannot really control the behaviors of the people you call. You with me on that? Yeah, completely. And, and I, love, I love the way that you frame this in the present tense. I just, the weight loss thing kind of struck a nerve with me because I've just gone through the last 60 days or so. Uh, I went, was in a weight loss challenge at the gym where I work out. And um, 
you know, went into it in actually pretty good shape. And, and, uh, and, and I, I started by changing the way that I thought about how I ate and really just reframing, not so much like what I was going to eat, but I started saying, um, so there's this really great burger place where we like to go. Um, and I love a good hamburger, right? Especially with a, with a beer to wash it down. So I'd start going to this place and you know, we, when I get there to order, I'd say, well, I'm the kind of person that, um, when, you know, going to a place like this, I choose the healthy option. And I started just describing to myself, you know, using that I'm the kind of person that, and then fill in the blank. And I got to tell you, it worked wonders. I lost, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down 15 pounds, probably in better shape than I was when I was 20. So, um, I, I love the way that you framed it and that getting that present tense, I think is really important. Um, yeah, it is. And I love the way that you said that about yourself. I'm the kind of person that does this. I'm the kind of person who, you know, who makes a hundred phone calls a week. I'm the kind of person who, uh, isn't afraid to ask for the money. The, that simple phrase would empower you to, as in your case, to choose a better, a healthier option to ask for the money, to you know, step out of your comfort zone because you're the kind of person that does X, Y, Z. I love that. Well, and, and just to, to kind of bring this home for everybody listening. So what began to happen as I would do that, and, and now that we're having this conversation, I now realize I need to expand this to other areas of my life. But um, as I would do that, of course, the first few times it was difficult to make that decision, you know, and it wasn't just at this one place. It was, you know, anytime we would eat out and, and I'd have to make that different decision. Um, after about a week or a week and a half saying that actually started to really change my expectations when I would go into a restaurant. Um, and, and thankfully so, because I had a business trip not long after that. And I'm notorious for eating terribly on business trips and um, and I was good all the way through, uh, which most people would that knew me would tell you that's really out of character. But this one little thing in that short period of time really began to work on me. And so I think, um, and I, I wasn't seeing necessarily the results at that stage, right. uh, weight loss, but I was seeing the the impact that it was having on behavior, and that of course precedes the results. So um, I love the way that you frame this. I think this is really powerful. I think we probably went deeper down the rabbit hole than we expected to on this particular topic, but I think it's really foundational um, if you're going to grow your business and, and particularly be successful in marketing, which is, I know what we want to talk about next. Sure. Sure. You know what? And, and I had the chance many, many years ago uh, to sit down with a gentleman named Wayne Heisinga, which you're in Florida. You might know that name, but a lot of people out of Florida oh, yeah. know who Wayne Heisinga is. So for you guys who have never heard of Wayne Heisinga, he took uh, $1,000, bought an old trash truck, and within 24 years sold uh, that trash company called, uh, oh, dang it, what is the name? Uh, Waste Management, I believe. Thank you. Waste Management for two billion dollars okay and he said that one of the reasons that he was able to do what he did is because he says a lot of his competitors were afraid to take risks they were afraid to do this and they were afraid to do that and so he wasn't he was willing to risk it so 
so in 24 years, he sold that company for $2 billion. Now check this out. Then he got involved in this company called Blockbuster. And in 12 years, he sold Blockbuster for two plus billion dollars. Now he got out of the right time too. He got out of the right time. Bless his heart. And, and then what's interesting is he got involved with a company uh, called uh, Auto Nation USA. And in six years, six years, sold that company for a couple of billion dollars. So there's a pattern there. This guy was all mental, just a fun guy. But man, the guy was mentally strong, just really believed in himself and, uh, you know, just just believed in his ability. And so uh, I want to wrap the, I don't know how much more time we have in this section, but, you know, for those who are listening, uh, I, I do want to throw this out there that my two favorite affirmations is I have the ability to reach my goals and then followed up by I'm moving towards my goals today. And so these two affirmations, again, help build your self-belief, your self-esteem, and I'm moving towards my goals today is really about helping you get up and start focusing on how are you moving towards your goals today? What are you doing to move towards your goals today? So, uh, but I love Wayne Huizenga. I learned so much from him in a very short period of time. Yeah, it's great, great story, and I love those two affirmations. Um, and we'll we'll link to uh, your book, Dominating Your Mind, in the show notes. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back with more from Bert, and we're going to take a, a little bit of a detour here and talk about marketing, how you can apply all of these mindset ideas and plug them into your marketing so that you you can go get clients and build your business. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Steve. I hope you're enjoying this interview. We've got more to come in a minute, but what I'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast. Leave us a review, rate us on iTunes. It'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Steve Gordon. And today I'm talking with uh, Bert Martinez. And uh, Bert, uh, that was some powerful stuff you shared on on mindset. And, and I, as you said, it's very simple, not necessarily easy to do, but very, very simple to understand. Um, and I think sim- simple ultimately to implement if you stick with it. Um, and I think that's the foundation for what um, what I'd like to talk about next, which is marketing and, and growth for a business. Um, and I know you're, you're an absolute expert at that. And, you know, and what, what you shared with us right at the beginning, you talked about, uh, you know, some really simple yet practical and, and profoundly successful uh, marketing techniques that you used early in your career. Now I know you do lots of different things in marketing. Um, and so, um, you know, marketing is really dynamic right now. What, what do you see right now as, as, the, the key thing for a business owner to be focusing on? Great question. And I want to uh, just explain to people, there are two types of marketing out there. There is what's called branding or brand marketing. And brand marketing is, you might see a, a slogan for Coca-Cola that says, Coke is a real thing. Now that dates me because they haven't used that slogan in probably 30 years. Uh, Coke uh, Coke is it, I think is what they're using nowadays. And 
when you go to a ball game, you might see Coca-Cola flashing somewhere in that ball game arena. Uh, but it's just brand. It's just putting the name Coke out in the marketplace and, 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 and keeping it in what's called top of mind awareness, Toma, T-O-M-A. And that's great if you have a ridiculous amount of money to throw away. However, the other type of marketing is what's called direct response marketing, which is how you make money and also how you build your brand. So brand marketing does not make you money, but direct response marketing will also build your brand. And so direct response is something like buy three cases of Coke for $10 while supplies last or, you know, or until Monday or whatever, some, some limited amount of time for them to take action. And so if somebody is a, uh, a Coke fan, then they see this, this uh, advertisement and they're going to take action. That is a direct response ad. Uh, another another direct response ad uh, that you see on all websites is um, something like uh, to get this information for free, give me your your name and email address. That's a direct response marketing, and that's what I focus on because that makes money. Everything else doesn't. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I'm a big believer in, in direct response marketing. Um, you know. Branding is important. I think branding speaks a, a lot to, um, you know, really the experience of your business, but that really should be created through marketing that's also paying the bills. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I see these companies go around and, and they'll, they'll spend, you know, 50 grand or 100 grand in a heartbeat. Heck, I did it. Early on in my career, before I knew anything about marketing in my, my first business, um, I got convinced by an advertising agency to spend 50 grand on uh, magazine, full page magazine ads, one, one per month in this uh, business magazine here in Florida. It was a, it, it was a lesson. It was a, uh, a very expensive lesson at the School of Hard Knocks because uh, we got absolutely zero dollars returned from that. But, uh, um, but yeah, and I think for most businesses, direct response marketing is, um, is far more accessible, uh, than, than, you know, trying to go out and, and do anything crazy with branding. Um, it just takes too much money for that to be successful. And I remember talking to a, a friend of mine in advertising and, and she used to run a lot of branding campaigns for companies. And she said, yeah, you know, if in a local market, if you want to do a branding campaign and really see results, you really want to be able to to step up with a hundred grand and put it on the table to invest in that campaign. Um, if you really expect to see results and that's an awful lot of money for most businesses. It is, it is. And look, what you and I are doing right now is a type of brand marketing. You know, when you were on my show, that's a type of brand marketing and there, that particular type of brand marketing is what I like to refer to as authority marketing. So is it helpful? Yes, because when you've been on a podcast, when you've been on TV, when you've been on, um, when you've written a book, you've been included in a magazine, that helps with social proof. It helps build your authority in, the, in that topic. But I don't know about you, Steve. I know that you work with a lot of, a lot of uh, consultants and 
I've never had any of my clients ask me, Bert, have you been on a podcast or Bert, have you written a book or, you know, let me, you know, let me see one of your articles that you've written. When, when somebody who doesn't know me or, or they're trying to figure out if they want to hire me, they ask for results. Do you have three to five clients that I can talk to who can substantiate that you've delivered results for them? Yes, I do. Here they are. Uh, and that's all they care about. Or maybe they've, they've landed on one of my ads, they've acquired a piece of my information, and from there, they decided, I like this guy, I'm going to maybe have a conversation with them or I'm going to hire them. But, you know, seldom do people ask me for, you know, hey, you know, for, for any of those branding type of materials, they want to know if you can deliver results, period. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, so for something like a podcast, for me, where it fits in really two, two places. Number one, it's a great way to build one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yes. You know, I've been on your show. You're now here. We're getting to know each other pretty well. Um, yes. And, you know, and, um, and so it's great to build relationships that will ultimately support, you know, doing business in some form. Um, and so we use them a lot for that. And, uh, and the other thing that I like about them is that it allows for discovery. And I, yes. I'll never forget, I, I, years ago, I was in a, a mastermind group uh, run by Dan Kennedy. And, you know, Dan's the sort of the king of, of uh, direct response, uh, or, or claims to be anyway, right? Oh, he and, is. I think he's probably one of the best. Him and Bill Glazier. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and um, you know, and, and Dan spent probably an hour and a half talking about the, the power of discovery. He said, this is one of the reasons I write books. This is one of the reasons. I mean, he's, he releases... At that time, at least, he was releasing about three books a year. Sometimes it was a, a refresh of of a book he'd previously released, so a new edition. Um, but you know, he said the reason that he did that was because there is some real power in somebody being able to simply sort of discover you. And for him, that discovery was happening in a bookstore, or it might happen, you know, with with a lot of those books. I think he was uh, being published through Entrepreneur Press, and they tend to put full-page ads in, you know, airline magazines, and so it's a good audience, good good place for him. A lot of business owners that are on business travel flying, um, and somebody might just flip through and discover him there. And you know, and and his his contention was that the the whale clients would tend to respond that way more than if they got a direct mail package, you know, not always, but so that was, that, that's how that fit in. I think podcasts sort of fulfill that role as well. They sort of allow you to be discovered and they complement anything that you might do in direct response. And so like one of the things I love to do with, with podcast interviews um, and we'll probably, you know, take the interview that I did on your show and build it in is that, you know, after someone, you know, gets into our world from a direct response ad, they've, They've responded to lead generation, you know, and and uh, they're now in our world. One of the things we love to do is then, over time, send them all of these podcast interviews that I've done. Yes. And um, and little by little, they're hearing other people say nice things about me, and I get to explain how we do things and our philosophy. So, 
then from that standpoint, if you begin to think strategically, all these things really can fit in with direct response, I think, in a really powerful way. Yes, uh, and, and I want to make this distinction. Here's what you are doing, and I, I want to make everybody aware of this. What you're doing with this podcast and what you're doing in, with, uh, you know, when you write an article or Dan Kennedy when he writes a book, what are you doing? You're delivering value in exchange for your consumer's time, right? As opposed to a, a and that's why I, I kind of separate that. When you're able to deliver value through podcasting or a CD or an audio or a book, then uh, as you mentioned, the customer gets to know who you are and they can decide whether they like you and stuff like that. As opposed to a brand ad that says, you know, I'm cool, you know, remember my name, there's no value in that. But delivering a book, a podcast, an article, there's value in that because somebody listening to this is going to say, man, I just learned something about direct response versus branding. We delivered value. I just learned something about mindset that I wasn't really thinking about. We delivered value. And they're, and they're going to go back to you and say, hey, Steve, I really like that. Um, you know, can you help me with this? And so anytime that you and I can deliver value, we are um, ingratiating ourselves. We are becoming part of the conversation, if you will, in that prospect's mind, right? Back to, again, back to what you're saying as far as discovery goes. Yeah, and I, I think it's, it's so important. I see this mistake being made. I'm sure you see it all the time too is that you know a lot of businesses will go particularly ones that are selling really expensive stuff sometimes they will go sort of straight for the sale and and they skip over the the process of, of developing authority and of delivering value in advance of a transaction um, and and the, then they they turn around and they go well we're really having a hard time competing on price. And those, those two realities are very closely linked. Yes. Um, uh, absolutely correct. I mean, look, I have, uh, I have uh, my wife and I have been blessed with five kids. Uh, so two boys and three girls. Never did I understand, uh, you know, you, you, I've always heard, hey, boys are different than girls the way they think. Never understood that till I had three girls in my house, four if you consider my wife. And here's what's interesting: back to you know this whole price thing. Uh, so all of my, uh, for lack of better terms, all the women in my house have bought really expensive shoes or purses or outfits that they could not afford because the benefit, i.e. It made them feel sexy. It made their butt look good. It really made them feel powerful, right? And so they will they will spend money on clothes that they don't that they can't afford, and they will wear not only expensive shoes but painful shoes because it brings them the value they're looking for. So, and then to take that to the other extent is this: my wife has a hairdresser that she trusts without reservation. And that hairdresser ended up moving an hour away from where we live. She drives an hour to go and get her hair done by this person. So 
it doesn't matter how much it costs. It doesn't matter how inconvenient it is. If they believe that you can deliver the value, if they can see the benefit, and if you have the relationship, back to what you're talking about, Steve, people will move heaven and earth to get to you. Yeah, it's, it really is astonishing to see the, the behavior people exhibit around buying things. And if you really stop and sort of look, it's, it's quite the education, um, you know, and, and that's one of the great things that I've found, you know, since I really began studying marketing back, you know, dating back to um, the late 90s in my first business when I knew nothing, just beginning to observe what makes people buy um, because it's never completely logical. Right. Uh, always all these other considerations. And as you begin to understand that, you can then kind of put yourself in front of those buying decisions and uh, at least in front of the ones you want to be in front of um, and, and do it really intentionally. Um, so Bert, I know we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, you know, we've talked about direct response. Any kind of final thoughts on marketing that you want to share with folks? Well, I would say back to the mindset. Uh, one of the hardest mindsets to get away with, get away from, is the price mindset. Uh, you know, you want to change that to the value uh, mindset. And, and and so I want to talk about this real quick. So in my mastermind group, we uh, somebody brought up this idea, and we all all experienced this this aha moment. Uh, and so the question was, uh, has, has anybody in the group ever sold a million dollar contract? Not a million dollars in a year, but have you ever sold one sale that was worth a million dollars or more? And in my group, nobody had sold a million dollar widget. And so I thought, well, why haven't we sold a million dollar widget? Now, obviously, if you're selling if you're selling, you know, uh, I don't know, an e-commerce, if you have an e-commerce platform and you're selling, you know, whatever, a bunch of different stuff like Amazon does, then this may not apply to you. But if you're a consultant, what is the difference between having a $100,000 contract versus a million dollar contract? And Steve, it's going to be mindset number one. Number two, it's going to be who you're marketing to. And then three, or let me, sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, who you're marketing to because you got to know who your persona is. You got to know uh, who you want to target. And then thirdly, that message. And so out of our mastermind group, uh, there was a, a subsect of that group because I said, you know, we should have a goal this year to sell a million dollar contract. And so we've been on track to sell a million dollar contract and we started putting the value proposition. So me and a couple other people in our, in our group could sell or a million dollar contract. And of course, you know, you just have to have the, the desire and the mindset to say, Hey, uh, you know, GE, I want to be a consultant for you and I want you to write me a million dollar check and it will happen. So if I was going to throw out any nuggets out there, uh, any tips, I would definitely go back to, do you know who your, your ideal client is, whether you're selling a $50, uh, product or, a $50,000 product, who is your ideal client? And does your, does your message match that client? Uh, are you finding that client or is the client able to find you where they're at? And so back to what you're talking about as far as discovery, is your article 
somewhere where they're going to you know stumble upon it. Uh, are you are are they going to stumble upon you on a podcast that they're listening to? And if you don't know, then maybe you should start with a survey for the clients that you do have, or start getting somebody to help you put that together. And so this is one of those areas where people I think mess up the most, is and that is they do not know who their clients are, and from there they don't know who their ideal client is and they've never taken the time to build that out so that to me is key is if you believe that you can deliver value then you probably want to choose the ideal client that you want to deliver value for and everything should be built around that and that makes life easier it saves you time when it comes to marketing and it helps you focus on where you spend your energy I love that. That's just a brilliant way to, to sum it all up. And, and thank you for sharing that and kind of bringing it all together. So we're going to link up uh, your book, Dominating Your Mind, because I know there are folks who are going to be interested in that. How else should people um, go find you or, or reach out to you if, uh, if they want to learn more? Sure. Thank you. So uh, just since you mentioned Dominating Your Mind, uh, so they can go to dominatingyourmind.com and they can get the book for free right now. Um, they'll pay a little shipping and handling, but if they buy it on Amazon, they'll pay $20 plus shipping and handling. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, they get the book for free at dominatingyourmind.com. If they want to talk to me directly or want to find out more about me, they can obviously, you know, Google my name or they can just go to Bert, B-E-R-T, Martinez, M-A-R-T-I-N-E-Z. And, you know, they can come to my website. Uh, they can kick the tires. They can, you know, uh, you know, what, whatever, whatever they would like to do, they can go to BertMartinez.com. And, and so, Steve, I want to thank you so much for uh, letting me come and, and hang out at your place today. Yeah, Bert, this has been fun. We'll link to uh, your website and we'll link to the, uh, the, the site with the free book uh, for everybody. So if you didn't catch all that, not to worry, it'll be in the show notes. Um, you can get the link there. And uh, Bert, it's been a, a pleasure and uh, really grateful that you invested a little time with me today. Steve, it's been a pleasure and I've learned so much uh, from uh, you being on my show. And again, thank you for letting me come spend some time with you and your audience. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Take care. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.